This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. And, you know, this is a shortened uh, trading week, holiday trading week for us. Uh, Friday will be closed for the 4th of July holiday. So, you know, because of that, and because of what's going on, I, you know, that's going to be pretty volatile. We've had two very good days, two very good days for a week that shortened. And I don't know, it seemed like it's unusual to have those two very, very good days. So we'll see what the rest of the week, well, rest of the week being only two more days. We'll see what that brings us. Um, Remember, we just started to get some decent economic reports about the reopening, and, and, you know, we're getting some good numbers coming in. Not great. They're not great, even though they might be record numbers. They're not great because they're still, you know, from coming from a very low place. So don't get too excited about the headlines that we're all back and really roaring. We're not. Uh, we're just doing much better than we were when we were when the whole thing was closed down. The whole economy was closed. But they are going. They're getting better, and the economy is going to get better. I'm just state that. However, we also have you know the the uh, COVID crisis uh, starting to pick up again. The cases are picking up all across the country, and some of the state governors are getting nervous and starting to tighten screws again on the economy. So that's going to have an effect down the road, right? Depends on how bad it gets. You know, is this the second wave as everybody was talking about? Oh, we're going to have a second wave. Is this it? I don't know. You know, I don't think anybody knows. They all guess, but they don't really know. And, of course, this is going to produce more volatility. And we we, we here on, on InvestTalk have been warning about volatility for, you know, since almost last, you know, into last year. Expect volatility this year. And then with this COVID thing, get, expect more volatility. And it's just going to continue. So today on the program today, we'll try to answer your question, your financial investment questions the best we can, and give you some strategies maybe to deal with the volatility. And so you need to call, though. This is a call-in show. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My name is Steve Peasley, and here on InvestDoc and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with the same philosophy I talk about almost every day, independent thinking and share success. Justin Klein and I are a bit different than other investment advisors. You know I've repeated this. We practice parallel investing, meaning we buy and sell the same things for you, the client, the same price, same time, and we have the same performance. Okay, same percentage, everything. And I can't say that without being true because I would be in big trouble with the SEC. Yeah, and who who audits? You know, so it's true. So, you know, I always we have the same strategies. I buy and sell the same things. So, anyways, call it parallel investing, as I mentioned. So it's time to get ready. Give me a call. I want your calls. Eight 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 ninety nine charges a number. And in case you were wondering, yes, we Justin and I are doing you know portfolio reviews, no obligation, no cost, portfolio assessments. Do it every day. I probably do several a day. Several. Some of them are complex. Some are fairly easy. Depends on you. We can do it through the phone, Skype, Jive. Um, of course, you know we can even do it through email. We can do it through back and forth email if that's what you're comfortable with. 
You know, and it's just because of the COVID virus can't really, you know, get around too easily and people are nervous about meeting other people. I get that. I do. I get it. So um, if you are interested, go to investtalk.com or call KPP Financial in Irvine and just send me an email, investtalk.com with two T's, investtalk.com. My main talking point today, seven reasons the stock market may face severe bout of turbulence. Ooh, that's going to happen. But this is, I think this article is looking closer in, um, you know, I mean, within the next couple of few weeks. So we'll, we'll look into the, those seven things. I want to talk about also the EU. You know, they shut us out of ever visiting them for the time being. But they, uh, they let, uh, I think they had seven other countries allowing in the EU on July 1st. And this is to be expected. I mean, Nothing new, but I, I find it interesting the reasoning they use to shut other countries' visitors out. And now I want to talk about that. Ways to build a retirement nest egg. Ways to build the one, even in this current time. Remember, we're talking about building a nest egg, not protecting a nest egg, building it. And Again, I want to talk about gold. I've talked about gold many times, and I keep talking about it. I don't know if you noticed, but it's getting close to another high, if it didn't already reach it today. You got to, you know, gold has been a pretty big part of what we invested in in most of our accounts, and that has helped us greatly. And I just don't want to tell you, I don't think it's done. I think it should be part of everybody's portfolio at this point. Why do I say that? Why am I talking about that? I'll go over some more details. Okay, that's going to be our talking points. But of course, you're going to drive the show. Your calls drive the show. So whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about. The market was up again today. Dow was up 217, and Nasdaq up 185, and the S&P up 47. It didn't look like it was going to do much at the opening. It did not. But it seemed to gather strength as the day went on. Um, and, you know, it might have been from, you know, the testimony in front of Congress today about the reaction by Powell and who was the other guy? I forgot. But that might have been the reason. Don't know. We'll see. Whatever happened, it happens. But are we going to have a continuation of this bull market? How far? How long? How long? As you have probably noticed, Justin and I do our very best to fit all the questions in we get, all the caller questions. We get a lot after the show is over during any, all times of the day. So let's go ahead and get to that. This came in earlier, anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. Hi. So I was looking at a stock, uh, NBR, Neighbors Industries. It's been so volatile going up and down. It's kind of unpredictable. So what do you think the outlook is for the near future with that and in the long run? Looking to add that to my portfolio, but still on the fence on that. So just wanted your input on that. Thanks. Well, you got to look at the industry in. Uh, see, one of the things, you know, when you call about individual stocks, you have to look at the background of, of the industry they're in before you look at that individual stock because it could be the whole industry has got the issues of volatility. Now, Neighbors Industry, Neighbors industry NBR, N is a Nancy, B is a boy, R, provides oil and gas, land and offshore drilling, land well and workover services worldwide. Okay, so 
why is that stock not doing well or why is it so volatile? Well, because they haven't made money in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. They're not going to make money next this year. They're going to lose $1.63. They lost $61 a share last year. Next year, they're going to lose $1.84. They have lots of debt. And sales are going down. What reason? Why is he even selling at $37 a share? It should be under $10 a share, in my opinion. Because it's not making money. It hasn't for years. That's why it's so volatile. I mean, this is it's, it was $150 or so last year. At the beginning of this year, actually, $150. So today it's at $37. This is what happens when a company does not make money. They can fall like a rock. Now, this stock bounced all the way up to 80-something. Now it's back down to 37. And that's in a month, the month of June. The month of June. So why would you buy this stock? There's no reason to own this kind of volatility unless you're a trader and you're trying to play the swings of the price, which is much, much more difficult than trying to be an investor. I would not invest in this stock. You could trade it. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And yes, the economy is reopening phases and it's probably, it's also closing again in certain areas. There is still a good deal of uncertainty out there. You need to take steps now to optimize your portfolio, especially because of the recent market volatility. So I encourage you to reach out to me or Justin Klein at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. We can help you. We want to help you. Now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your financial investment questions. We are taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Love the show. Uh, my name is Steven, and my question is in regards to Chiroport Incorporated, C-Y-R-X-W. Now, years ago, I invested into this company and sold it a while back and didn't turn too much profit. But I have kept an eye on it, and it has seen some good growth, and I'm curious if you think the likelihood of this growth is stable enough to revisit and reinvest back into a company that I'd previously sold, or if I should just hold off. Now, once again, I love this show, and I await any advice you guys can give. Thank you. Okay, CRYXW is not coming up on my platform. Uh, I don't know if that's a U.S. stock. It doesn't look like I am. Pull up the... It's Cryport Inc. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's on the pink sheet. So it's not a tradable stock um, over the, you know, so it's got to be over the counter. It's $26.55. And it looks like there's very little trading done in this stock. So that tells you it can be manipulated. You got to be really careful. I mean, it did 1,000 shares, 1,000 shares today. Think about that. At $26. Anybody could push the stock price up and down. It's way too manipulated for you to be investing in it. I would not even consider it. You cannot, you know, when the stock is this small in volume, volume meaning number of shares trading, and this price at $26, that tells you that anybody out there 
can put in bids and the and and ask price to buy and sell and to manipulate the stock up and down. So you should stay away from it. You and I are small potatoes. We can't we can't afford to be in that kind of business. We can't. So stay away from it. Let's go to Sam in San Francisco. Wants to talk about Google. Sam. Uh, hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Google has been, as you might have noticed, has been up and down lately. And I'm trying to find a good entry point. Um, what's your recommendation? Okay, yeah. It, uh, of course, popped up a bit today and actually yesterday and today. I think, you know, it's, I think it's going to come down a little bit more. I, I think you might get an opportunity, not because of Google itself, but because of the politics involved. Uh, there's talk about anti, you know, anti-monopolistic practices and some of these big tech companies. And I think Google's in the crosshairs of that. And uh, I think a really good entry point, a really good is about thirteen twenty-five. Is that fourteen thirteen? One thousand four hundred thirteen dollars today. And 1,325, the 26 is the 200-day moving average. And that might be a good point. Now, if, you, if you've been dying to get into Google, Sam, you could buy some right here because this is the 50-day moving average. It's bounced above. Okay, and that's technically an entry point. But there's a lot of overhead resistance, meaning where it stops going up about 1,460. 1,460. So that's not that far away, percentage-wise. So this is a higher-risk entry point. I'd wait. I'd, I'd be patient. I'd be probably been patient, but I'd be patient before I got into it. Let it pull down for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but it probably. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have started summer, everybody, and no doubt people across this country are ready to celebrate. It may be hard to believe, but the 4th of July is on Saturday. And now we have... States decided again to shut down parts of them anyway. So how can you be better prepared for market swing? Because they're going to continue. We should talk about that. And your participation is important, everybody. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have recorded an all-new Rapid Fire Hour. It's a free podcast download, and you'll hear answers to 30 caller questions. You can find it now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Search Invest Talk June Bonus Show. 888-99 chart. We're going to go talk to Frank, who lives in the Bay Area. Wants to talk about uh, PG&E. Frank. Hi, Steve. Yeah, I just wanted to talk and get your opinion on PG&E. It looks like they're coming out of bankruptcy. I've never bought stock yeah. on a company that is emerging out of bankruptcy, so I don't know how that works. It looks like they're also issuing 423 million shares of common stock at $9.50. And it looks like the stock price is actually at... 890 per share right now. So I don't know if this is a discount, a good time to buy. And then um, if I hold this position, a small position, I don't think I would hold it for more than three months. And I want to see your opinion. Um, okay. Because I know I'm pretty sure you're not a fan of the utilities with the wildfires and all that. No, and then no. I wouldn't want to hold the stock no more 
later than October or September because, you know, the winds pick up and then something might catch right. on fire again. Yeah, so don't I don't want you to think because they're issuing that many shares at nine fifty or whatever that the stock price is going to go to nine fifty. No, the opposite is true. What will happen? Those people who get that stock price at nine fifty, their value is going to be eight eighty seven, which is what is ended at today. So it's whatever the mm-hmm. open cry market prices it at. Just because some private bought it, buyer bought it, bought it higher, doesn't mean that's where it's going to be trading at. Does not. This means they just lost money immediately. That's what that means. Okay. Uh, so don't think it would just move up too because of that, because it wouldn't. I, th- I think some people have that idea that that would work. That's how that works. No, 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 no. So what they're doing okay. is always immediately diluting with the issue of all those stocks, immediately diluting you as a shareholder. Anybody who owns the stock right today is going to get hugely diluted, meaning their shares are going to be worth. You know, got it now. The earnings per share has to be spread out of how many more shares? Three hundred million? Is that what you said? Uh, four hundred and twenty-three million. Okay, so that's about a ten percent addition to the to the float because it's four point six billion shares in the float right now. So that's a ten percent increase. So you're d- going to be diluted by the earnings per share will be diluted by ten percent because of the issuance. Um, and it is a very inexpensive stock compared to the earnings. They're going to make 99 cents, right? Uh, that's their earnings expected next year, 99 cents. I don't know if that is at the 10% dilution or not. I don't know if that 99 cents is. But since it's an estimate, I suspect it probably is. And it's, a, it's $8.87 stock, so it's a less than a 10 PE, which in normal, it, normally you would say, hey, that's a great bargain. But I'm, I'm not, as you know, pointed out, I'm not a big fan of these utilities in California because of the litigious state that we're in. Uh, I wouldn't do it, but that's me. For, uh, you know, I just, I just wouldn't, Frank. But, you know, you could play it. You know, if you're playing a trade, there's a lot of resistance right around $12. So it might float back up there, you know, as a trade. That's a possibility. And it's got a lot of support right around $7. So you're kind of right in the middle of that range. Good luck with it, Frank. Hope it works for you. My main talking point today concerned the stories, the reasons the stock market may face a severe bout of turbulence. So, and they're talking about short term here, now. Not, you know, next six months or anything. They're talking about now. And they, they list seven reasons, seven. First reason, rising inflection and hospitalizations of COVID-19 cases. I think that's a very good reason for more volatility. I do think that's going to cause in the next week, two weeks, whatever. The economic surprises from the U.S. Labor Department's monthly jobs report out next Thursday. Are we going to have a good jobs report or a bad jobs report? Look, remember how bad they were off, the experts were off? Last month, they expected millions of more jobs losses, and they had, what, two and a half million jobs increase. Really off. Quarter in, month in, rebalancing of portfolios by pension funds and mutual funds. That happens at the end of each quarter and the beginning of the quarter. And another reason that could be a problem, the new stimulus package talked about in Congress by the president. Those are not talking about it much. Nothing's happening right now. They list Joe Biden's lead in the presidential polls, but I don't, I don't think that. I think that's already built in. I think that the market's already built that in. 
Market technicals, meaning charting, you know, based on the movements of charts on the indexes, which, you know, when they hit support, break support, and break and hit resistance and come back down, that's what they're talking about. And, and, and investors and traders using those support and resistance lines as get out and get in points, which would cause more volatility. So that's what they think. Let's see. Okay, trivia question. Gold is considered a must-have investment, but since the United States is no longer on the gold standard, do you ever wonder if we have gold reserves? Now, as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. Considering the gold reserves of largest gold-holding countries worldwide, which country has the greatest gold reserves in their possession? And with regard to U.S. central bank holdings, gold reserves constitute what percentage? I'll have the answer for you at the break. Our phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, I have the answer for the trivia question. And uh, so here's the question. As of March 2020, uh, let's see, no. Considering the gold, it's talking about gold reserves. Which country has the most? And which country, uh, and as regard to the United States, the central bank holdings, what percentage do we hold? Gold reserve percentage in the United States. As of March 20th, uh, as of March 2020, was a few couple months ago, the United States had the largest gold reserve in the world with more than twice the gold reserves of the number two, Germany, and more than three times the gold reserves of Italy and France. 
China, because I know everybody's interested in what China has. They have this, they're number six. Number six on the gold reserves. But more gold is being mined in China than any other country in the world right now. So here's a list. United States, 8,133 metric tons. Germany, 3,364 metric tons. Italy, 2,451. China at 1,948. Japan is uh, eighth at 765. And the United Kingdom is 16th. Australia, you might be interested to know, it has the largest gold mine reserves in the ground and the second largest producer of gold in the world, first being probably China. So we'll, we'll see. So that's interesting, don't you think? So we have way more than anybody else at this point, which we actually should since our economy is really big. So anyways, let's keep moving along. Here comes another voice bank question. It came earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. Hi, Steve and the InvestTalk team. My name is Daniel. I'm calling from Tijuana. I'm what you might consider a coronavirus investor. Before the pandemic, I had absolutely no exposure to the market. And now that I'm getting into it, you guys are one of the best sources of information. I appreciate that you're always very straightforward. Thank you for sharing your success. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. I'm calling to learn a little bit more about diversification, 401k, and IRAs. The other day, I heard Justin answer a caller question about what will be the next step after you're already contributing to your 401k. And he said that that will be starting an IRA. My question is then, how is a 401k and an IRA diversifying you in the market? And also, how are those two not conflicting with your personal trading? How are those different? Do you get different exposure? And aren't the three of them augmenting my risk to the market by three? I look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Thank you again, gentlemen. Okay, so the 401k, many 401ks are limited to a certain number of mutual funds. Some 401ks you can option out and buy individual equities, stocks and bonds and ETFs and so on and so forth. But most of the 401ks, you're, you're stuck buying their mutual funds. Uh, and you first max out that, especially if they're matching your funds. Of course, you want to get that free money from them. Then once you've maxed that out and you still you, you can open up an IRA and put money in that every year as well, but you can buy and then you have an individual account if you're lucky enough to have leftover money to start one of those. So when you invest, you've got to take all three of these accounts into consideration as far as diversification. So you know your 401k has this group of mutual funds and this is the part of the market they're in. And maybe in your IRA and your individual account, you might want to buy individual stocks or particular sector funds and ETFs that you can't get in your 401k. So you look at it holistically uh, all together, not just one individually. And, you know, you don't want to put like an Apple stock in one and an Apple stock in another and an Apple stock in the third. And now you have you're over concentrated in Apple stock. You consider it the whole package and diversify that way. Just know that it is considered as the whole package, you know, that you look at the performance of all three together, not just one, just in case, you know, one stock in, in the IRA got killed and it affected the IRA, but the overall portfolio, all three, it has, it's not really a problem. That's how you do that. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go ahead and keep moving on. Here's another voice. No, let's go to Chris and Hayward first. How are you doing, Chris? 
I'm good. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Uh, thank you for the call. No problem. Well, um, I, I just started listening and tuning in, and uh, I'm just starting off. I have a quick okay. question about uh, uh, about this new technology. I've been hearing a lot about gold, silver, oil, and whatnot, but what about hydrogen? There's a company um, by the symbol of HYSR. Uh, there's a pretty much a startup company, but I'm also invested a little bit with Nikola and uh, all this new you know, this new tech going on. And I was just curious, what's your thoughts? It, right now it's a penny stock, but in the future, could this blow up? Is this something that I might want to just put a little bit or, or, you know, should I take a gamble on this one? Okay, as a beginner, you should start with more stable companies because, you know, doing these kinds of stocks, the, the thought process is fine. Your thought process is fine. But these really right. tiny stocks, these stocks that don't make money, they could be manipulated by sharp, you know, uh, I don't want to call them crooks, but many of them are crooks. So what they'll do is they'll drive up the price of these things, get you all excited, have you invest, and they'll sell to you. Okay? You know, they'll, you know, oh, it's 20 cents, 25 cents a share. Maybe I should buy more. Oh, and then while you're, who do you think selling them to you? You got to be, when you buy something, someone else is selling, Right? Who do you think selling it? Usually, people who got this well known are advertised how great this company has. The future looks so bright. The you know, and they get a bunch of people all excited about it. They drive up the price, but meanwhile, they'll sell to you. And you know, they bought it at a nickel and sold it to you for twenty five cents. That's why you don't want to be messing around with the penny stocks. It's way too easy to manipulate them. Can you make a lot of money? It's possible, it's just most of the time you'll lose all your money, most of the time. So look for companies in that sphere that you're interested in that are already making money. You know, that's the kind of company you might want to invest in. Chris, thanks for the call, I appreciate it. H-Y-S-R is the symbol, Hypersolar Inc. Pink sheet, penny stocks. Oh, what I think about those things. 888-99 charters are number of people. I'd love to give you a talk to you. The EU starts, uh, has shut out the U.S. from visiting. We can't travel to the EU anymore for a while because of our increase in our COVID cases. See, they're trying, they're desperately trying to keep their numbers down, right? But July 1st, they're letting in certain countries. Australia, Canada, Japan, New Zealand, South Korea, Thailand, Uruguay, and the last one, China. So I'm thinking, you know, we're, no one is getting accurate numbers out of China. Why would they open up to China where, where the coronavirus started and they really don't know what the numbers are? Really, no one knows. So, except China. So I said, well, what was their, I wonder what their reasoning, I mean, what, what their criteria did they use? Here's their criteria, their considerations for opening up. Okay, you like this. Uh, not only not only are the criteria is about how many cases and whether they're increasing or decreasing, but also economic and social considerations. Now, China exports and imports a lot from the EU. Hmm. You think that that had anything to do with their decision? They also export and import a lot to us. 
I just find it interesting that everybody knows that China is lying about their numbers. Okay, and not that long ago, I mean, we're talking, what, a week ago, they shut down Beijing altogether because of increasing numbers. And now the EU is saying, hey, come on, China, will you come on and visit us? Thought that was fairly interesting. I think there's a lot of politics going on there. But that's normal. Politics is normal, right? Thought of it. Anyways, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And during these times when social distancing guidelines require most of us to work at home and stay at home, you might have some additional discretionary time because you aren't commuting. And in that case, I encourage you to explore the financial investment information we have posted on our website. We post new stuff all the time at investtalk.com. You can click on the investment programs link, talk about the programs that we have. This is where you can learn about the different kinds of investment strategies we in, use. Remember, I'm in every one of those strategies in my own mind. And I buy the same things from myself as a client. Also, maybe you're interested in an active 401k program. And clients can simplify their 401k investing pretty easy. We use math-based models to guide you in, in and out of your, your funds that you have choices of. Some of them are not great choices, but we still help guide you. They're the only choices you have. So we help you monitor that. Our active, we call it our Active 401k program. And so to start exploring at investtalk.com, when you are ready to speak with me or Justin Klein, send a message, an email, or call us at KPP Financial Office of California, Irvine. We can easily set up a portfolio assessment by conducting personalized assessments via telephone, Skype, or Jive. And now I'm taking your questions, everybody, live, 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial, and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing and the other KPP Financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Rose Gregoff calling from Orange County. Just wanted to ask you a question about the Albertsons IPO. And is that something to seriously consider, especially in this time where they're considered an essential uh, provider? So I'm really looking forward to hearing your response from your recent past calls You've said you should wait uh, six months after an IPO. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Look forward to hearing the answer. Bye-bye. I do like the space. We, uh, we at KPP invested quite a bit in this food space, not Albertsons because it's an IPO, initial public offering, but other food companies that I think we've mentioned here on the air. We can't. When someone calls and asks us, we always admit that we own that in our managed account. So if you've been listening, you know we own some of the few companies that people have been calling in about. But the reason why you don't want to do IPOs, not because it's not a good IPO or a bad IPO. That's not why. The reason is is that you don't get to get it at the IPO price. You don't get it at the IPO price. 
The only time you get an IPO price, if it's a bad IPO, and the company taking it public, which is one of the big companies, Goldman Sachs or you know uh, J.P. Morgan, somebody, the only reason why they would offer it to you, an individual, is because they can't sell it to their to their commercial customers. They can't. They want to sell as many stocks at one phone call or two phone calls, five phone calls, and get rid of the entire uh, inventory of stocks of the IPO with those. Okay, now they're done making the call. If they can't sell them at the IPO price to those people, then they start going down the line calling people an individual. That's why you would get it at a bad price. So you don't ever get them at the IPO price. And then the reason why I always tell you to wait six months is because the the uh, insiders are not allowed to sell their stock for at least six months. And at that six-month period, just before the six-month period comes, generally speaking, large proportion of IPOs are selling at below their IPO price. That's why I don't like or tell people, I recommend that they not get involved with IPO. Not because it's a bad IPO or it's not a good idea to get in the food stocks. As I said, we're in a lot of them. But because of the the little quirks of the IPO. Okay, I think I can squeeze in another caller question. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Mark in Phoenix. I was calling to get your opinion over IBM. I'm looking at it for a long-term play in the tech sector, and I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were. Appreciate everything you guys do. Look forward to your response. Thanks. Bye. Okay. IBM, an international business machines, provides IT consulting services, computer hardware, and software for institutions worldwide. You buy this for the dividend. Dividend is 5.4%. You certainly don't buy it for growth anymore. It's a big blue chip, $107 billion. It's kind of the old school, but services is their is their main function. Sales have been slowly eroding two to three, four percent in the last couple of years. So it's not it's not your it's not a growth. You're buying it for the dividend, um, and it, it's it it's just old. But it probably can pay that dividend and has a huge cash flow to be able to pay it, and it's fairly reasonable price at a ten PE. So. I, I I have no problems with owning IBM. But remember, you're buying it for the dividend, 5.4%, not, not for growth. Okay? On the next Invest Talk, contention retirees. If you love income, you should love cash flow even more. The theory is that you diversify your investments. So why wouldn't you diversify how you source your in-retirement living expenses? Okay, how do you get the money? I will look into this tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-SHARK. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Matt calling from Chicago. Wanted to see what your thoughts were around the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, ticker symbol CM. Also interested in your thoughts on bank stocks as a whole in this current environment, 
and what the key ratios are that you look at when comparing banks. Interested to hear your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Banks are going to be tough. I think it's going to be a difficult environment going forward. Uh, Canadian Impact, uh, Imperial Bank, Canadian Imperial Bank, global financial company comprised of wholesale, retail, small business banking, and wealth management is a $30 billion company. They're going to make $6.13 this year, which is about half of what they made last year. And then they're going to grow $7.54. It's a $66 stock, so therefore that's you know, a little less than 10 PE, 9-something. But the five-year range of the PE is 4 to 9. So it's not like that's cheap for this bank. It's not. They pay a really nice dividend of 6.3%, and they can afford it. Cash flow is thirteen eighty one share so they can easily afford the six percent so that's not even what 40 percent of next year's earnings and remember that's down way down from last year so their dividend is secure and that's why you would buy this bank not necessarily for growth because the growth has been shrinking and it's now it was negative the most recent quarter negative eight percent before that it was growth but they kept slowing the growth so I think there's going to be a tough environment for banks in general for the next couple of years. So I'd be very careful about investing. This, as long as you're content with that dividend, it's a good price. Now, it got as low as 47.50 during financial crisis, during the COVID crisis here when it fell in March. That was low. High was around $80 or so. Okay, two. Okay. 888-99-CHART is the number, everybody. So ways to build a retirement nest egg. Here's some things you shouldn't do. Don't buy bonds. Bonds are paying next to nothing. If you consider inflation, it's negative return on bonds. You know, especially, you know, I'm talking about uh, U.S. two-year, five-year, 10-year. I mean, you're not going to make any money. You're going to lose money. Bonds, if you're trying to grow the nest egg, is not the way to go. Now, you could use corporate bonds as income because you can get a little bit better. You can get better than inflation. You can get a lot better than the 2, 5, and 10-year treasury. Okay. Delay collecting Social Security. Delay. You know, if you're born in 1958, your full retirement age is 66. Now, if you start collecting at 62... Okay, if you waited to full retirement age and you were going to get $1,000, let's just say that. Full retirement age is $1,000. But if you retire, started collecting at 62, you'd only get $716. If you waited till you're 70, you get $1,267. So you can make, remember, if inflation comes, you want, you want the, you know, the, the, the inflation adjusted, um, uh, return on the Social Security to go up with inflation on higher dollar amount. So, so if you start taking, for instance, if you have a 3% inflation rate on $716, and that, that would go up 3% a year because that's what the federal government will do, it's a lot less money than 3% on 1267 Now, you're going to argue, yeah, but I'm collecting more money sooner. Yes. So when is the break even? Okay, now, I've done all the math, and it can get complicated, but the break-even is in your late 70s, 78 or so, 79. By the time you're 80, now you would be much smarter to wait to start collecting when you're Social Security when you're 70. 
and collecting early. So what's your health like? You think you're going to live till 80? That's really the questions you ask. Okay, and be tax efficient. Be tax efficient. Don't, you know, try to avoid taxes legally as best you can. For instance, if you're going to do a lot of trading, do it in an IRA account, you know, because you have short-term capital gains and you want to pay taxes. You know, you, you, in an IRA, you don't pay any taxes. So think about your tax efficiency. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley. Thank you for listening today. The 4th of July is this Saturday, so we have prepared an all-new Best of Pack podcast. You can download it for free starting Friday. And please tell your friends, we have also, we've also we also posted a June bonus show. Justin and I answer 30 caller questions at, fast, at a very fast pace. And it can be downloaded for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.